Well, good morning, church. Woo! How you all feeling? Anybody pumped to be in the basement today? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm just going to warn you front row. I'm a little pumped today. Um, I'm a little thrown off that we're talking about fall already. My goodness, I haven't even taken my kids to Funland yet this year. Now, I feel like I've been on the Gravitron all 2020. Can anybody relate to that? Feeling like, you know, speaking of being spun around, Nic Nicola's, have you heard this? Nicola's is moving off the avenue. I had a moment when I heard that. I had uh, just like a moment. I lost it a couple years of my life. But keep your head up, people, because they are moving right over here, and you won't have to pay for parking. Is anybody excited for free parking in Nicobolis? I, I told you I was excited. Um, anyway, hey, we are really pumped about the fall around here. We got Bayshore Kids relaunching come on give me an air high five parents come on air high five we got base your base your youth coming back and relaunching so you got teens just give me a little come on a little, little one of these butch yeah that's good we got base your groups we have all this stuff coming up and so just, we'll, we'll keep you up to date right here with everything that's going on and so on sundays we'll let you know what's the latest and you can always find out right here at baseshore.online what's going on and uh, speaking of online, what's up, online family? Hey, YouTube. Hey, Facebook Live. Hey, podcasters, our OG crew, the people who listen to the podcast. We're so excited to have you guys with us. And it's, it's kind of crazy. I know I'm like talking to the camera. It might be weird for you guys in the room. But there's over 500 people who will experience this message online by the end of this week. And so, like, we love our online family. And uh, one, one of the people who's watching right now from Ocean View is Amber Deptulia. What's up, Amber and the whole Deptulia family? We're so glad you guys are here. And just like one more time, can you like help me rattle some Italian subs off the, the tables upstairs at Casa Pools? Just get loud for online family. They can hear you. Hey, Amber, what's happening? So thankful you guys watching. All right, let's dive in to this whole thing we're talking about. Keep your head up. And I want to start out like just asking you all a question. You guys remember when we had to, like, start wearing these, these face masks? Well, when was that? Was that, like, like, March, right? Now, like, face masks, we've been wearing them since March, and, like, I don't know about you. I don't remember where I got my first face mask, but I'm, but I'm holding on to my first face mask. I'm not getting rid of my first face mask. I still have my first face mask, and the reason why is because, like, one day when I have grandkids and they are complaining about their space cars, and their iPhone 37s, I'm going to bust out my face mask and be like, hey, listen, back in my day, they wouldn't let us leave the house unless we have one of these on. This is our, like, I had to, like, walk uphill in the snow both ways of school moment, people. So you got to, you got to, like, grab onto that. But I do. I, I still have my very first face mask that I got. And who would have thought that the, the fashion accessory that you could not live without in 2020 would be a face mask, Right? But I kept it. I held on to it. So this is the very first face mask that I got back in March. I literally wore this thing like every day from March until June-ish or whatever. You know, it's kind of like your standard hospital blue. It used to have pleats in it. Not so much anymore. But part of the reason I'm holding on to this is because my, my wife says it's disgusting. Are, are you ready for what I'm about to show you? I don't want you to leave the church, all right? And I don't know how well you, it'll show up here on the stage. But let, let me show you the other side of this. Can you see how dirty that is? Can you, can you see? But, like front row, Butch, you see? 
Gross, Robbie. Listen, my wife has started a physical distance from me because of this right here. It's pretty, pretty gross. And I don't know what's more dangerous, like the virus or what, wearing this right here. And so um, anyway, I'm holding on to it. You might be like, why would you hold on to like that? That's a disgusting face mask. He, here's why. This is my favorite face mask because um, my daughter, Nora, she wrote on it right here. She wrote daddy right here. And so like I'm sentimental about this mask. I love this mask. I'm always going to hold on to this mask so I can like see what my daughter wrote where she wrote daddy and also because I'm going to show my grandkids this and freak them out. But I have since retired this and now I'm like rocking the N95 mask. And, and this thing works. You, you know how you know if your mask works? If, if, yeah, if you turn like blue from oxygen deprivation, that's a good one. You're going to want to hold on to that one, okay? And so like this thing is good. So I've been rocking this so that Stacy won't be physical distancing from me anymore. And, um, and so this is the, the mask. Now, I'm, I'm curious, how many of you have like a favorite mask? You have your go-to mask. Okay, anybody wearing it right now? You got your go-to favorite mask right now? Okay, you guys, yours is rocking your business back there. What's, what's on yours, Janet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Your grandkids put your, you got your name on there. It's good. You're, you're rocking yours. Got some bling on it. And so we, we have favorite face masks, right? We, we have favorite other things that we were, we have favorite shoes. We got favorite shirts. We got favorite pants. Who's got some favorite pants? Are they sweatpants? They should be sweatpants, all right? Online family, I, we know your favorite pants are sweatpants. So that's, what you, that's why you go on to search online, so you can wear them online. And we're not judging you. We're jealous of you. Um, we love, we all have favorite pants. I, I, when I was um, dating my wife, Stacy, I had a, a pair of pants that were my favorite pants. All right, I wore them like four times a week. For like two years straight, I love these pants. When I wore these pants that w when we were dating, I, I used to like, you know, walk a little taller. I, I felt a little stronger in my pants. Like I used to like, you know, I could like pose in my pants. Like I, I just I like my pants, all right? And, um, and these pants that were my favorite pants, they were like this, this man gray. It's like steel gray, like strong gray. And I, I love these pants, but I noticed that my, my wife, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she never, she never complimented my pants. And I was thinking, like, these are my nice pants. I look good in these pants. Why did she compliment on my pants? I feel good. I, I stand taller. I look stronger in these pants. And she never complimented these pants. And so, like, one day I was, like, fishing for a compliment. You, you ever done that before? Okay, I was fishing for a compliment. And, I, you know, I was like, I was like, huh. I was like, what, 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 what do you think about these, uh, these, these pants? And, and I'll never forget my, my honey bunches. My boo thing, the, the barbecue sauce on my ribs, you guys. She was like, I don't like those pants. Why, why you got to be wearing them all the time? And, and listen, listen, I was kind of thrown off guard. And then she said, they're baby blue. Who wears baby blue pants four times a week for two years straight? And I think this is the moment I should remind you all that I am significantly colorblind. Super colorblind, true story. Okay, you all look like hot pink to me right now. <laughs> Not really, maybe, I don't know. But I am super colorblind, and I have been rocking baby blue pants four times a week for like two years straight, and I had no idea. And so, like, I have a picture of me in my baby blue pants. You, you want to see it? Okay, just here, here it is, right here. Here's, 
Not your early Ray. <laughs> but I basically walked around like this for, for two years, like, you know, with my pose, like, oh, I love my pants. And I had no idea I was wearing baby blue pants. And so because of that situation, true story, to this day, I have no confidence in my ability to pick out my outfits. No confidence at all. No confidence in the color gray. Uh, uh, but are these gray? They're not. Are they baby blue? Are you messing with me? I wouldn't know if I was. Okay, listen, I have no confidence <laughs> in my ability to pick out my outfits in the color gray. Okay, and here, here's my point. Here's my point. We all deal with a lack of confidence somewhere in our life, right? It doesn't matter. I don't know what it is for you, but it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in this room, if you're watching online, there is some area of your life that you feel insecure about. And if you're anything like me, when I was growing up, it didn't take much to make me feel insecure. I remember one time I was playing, I was playing basketball with this kid named Taylor, and Taylor stopped bouncing the ball, and he just stopped. And he looked at me, and he's like, Joe, you have a, you have a big nose. I was like, Dad, I was like, bring it on, Taylor. Like, what is in the world? And I started feeling insecure about my nose. I, I remember looking in the mirror one time, and, and I, I noticed that I had summer teeth. Do you know what summer teeth are? That means like some are here, some are here, some look that way, some face that way. Some are Listen, that's funny. You can laugh. Don't feel like it's, it's funny. And I looked in the mirror, I started feeling insecure about my teeth. I remember the very first time I gave announcements at church. I, I, I like practiced, I worked hard, I did not wear my Nacho Libre baby blue pants, like I was ready to go, and I stood on the stage. True story, I totally bombed. I mean, it's probably on YouTube somewhere, and it is not a win video, it is a fail, but it was just so bad. And I remember I st stepped on the stage, and the very first thing somebody said to me was, nice try. Yeah, it's funny. It wasn't funny at the time. I'm like, what? And, and like, I started feeling insecure about me speaking in public. And, and like, to this day, when I like see other dads posting like these, these pictures of the weekend adventures they're going on with their kids, and they're like hiking and, you know, swimming and like, you know, climbing up Mount Everest, doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm here on the weekends instead of doing that with my kids. And like sometimes I, that makes me feel like a, a bad dad. Like I struggle with my confidence. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody, can you relate to that? Yeah, we, we all deal with a lack of confidence somewhere in our life. Like maybe for you, uh, it's how you look. And like, we live in the era of like perfect Instagram pictures and filters and ladies love your yoga pants. Ladies, you, lo you love your not your Libre stretchy pants, don't you? And maybe, maybe you, you feel insecure about how you look. Um, maybe you feel insecure um, as a parent because you, like, you, have, you have your kids and you're figuring out like parenting is hard. Hello. Maybe you, you feel like you just can't like match up with other people because like college didn't work out for you or your business is not as big as their business, or you, you have a failed marriage in your background, or you just can't seem to kick the habit, and, and it's hard to keep your head up. It's hard to be confident when you're constantly beating yourself up, right? And the worst thing about losing our confidence is it robs us of the life God created for us. But is anybody ready for some good news? You ready for some good news? 
All right, here's some good news right here. All right, this is so important. You can have confidence because God sees more in you than you see in you. You can be confident because God sees more in you than you see in you. It doesn't matter if you can pick out perfect pants or not. It doesn't matter if you've been divorced before. It doesn't matter if you've got 75 stints at rehab. God sees more in you than you see in you. And that is good news. And if you miss everything else I say today, I don't want you to miss this one thing. All right, this is like, take notes on this, take a picture of the screen on this, like screenshot it if you're watching an online family. Like, you need to, you need to just know this, and we'll put this on the screen. We don't need more self-confidence. We need more God confidence. Me, you, we don't need more self-confidence. We need more God confidence. Self-confidence says, look, look what I did. God confidence says, look at what God did through me. Self-confidence says, like, I, I am the difference maker. God confidence says that my God is the difference maker. Self-confidence says, like, my worth is based on my accomplishments. God confidence says that my worth is in my Savior only. We don't need more self-confidence. We need more God confidence. J Jeremiah, he, he said that my heart, he, he said my heart is deceitful above all else. Paul wrote, he said like basically, I, I don't know why I do what I do. You, you ever felt like that? And so like Paul said that, Jeremiah said that. So we can't put confidence always in ourselves. But you know, what, you know what David said? In Psalm 57, 7, he said this, and we'll put this on the screen. He said, my heart is, my heart is confident in who? Amen. You, oh God. No, wait, wait, wait. My, my heart is confident in my, my Ivy League degree? No, my heart is confident in my six-figure income? My heart is confident in the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, 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 you're not going to be confident if that's your team. You need a real team if you want to be confident, like the Baltimore Ravens. Anyway, but no, 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 my heart is confident in you, oh God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Listen, when, when we get who God is and who God says we are, that's where our confidence comes from. That's where our ability to keep our head up comes from and so today all i want to do is i want to give you three reasons you can be confident today even if you're kind of feeling insecure right now does, does that sound okay does that sound good you feeling confident about what we're doing yeah. yeah okay i didn't really believe it but that's all right it builds confidence so here we go the first thing if you need some confidence right now you can have confidence because my god is always for me my god is always for me now I, i'm curious who, who in the room has kids that are like 10-ish or younger? 10-ish ten, or younger? Okay, all, all the tired people in the room, <laughs> right? So some of you are like, how old are you? Uh, <laughs> if you, you have an older kid, this will apply to you as well. But if you have younger kids, you'll, you'll really get this because it's kind of happened to you uh, more recently. I remember when uh, we had our, our first daughter, um, Nora, our first kid, and I remember all the stuff we had to get. Do you, you remember this? Like, we, we got receiving blankets and burp cloths and sliders and gliders and boppies and pumps. 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 Sorry, Stacey. Let's move on. Anyway. 
Before kids, I didn't know what any of those things were. Literally, to this day, I still don't know what a receiving blanket is. I have no idea. It doesn't even make any sense. But, like, husbands, how many of you know, like, sometimes you don't have to, like, get it. You just got to get it. Yes. You just got to buy it. And so, but I remember thinking, like, do we really need 200 pounds worth of things for the baby weighs seven pounds do we really need yes yes we had to get all these things and so one thing that i thought was cool that we got though was we got a a camera for the room and it kind of looked like the the death star like it it was like this round ball thing that mounted on the wall had a red light on it and had a it had like a camera and it was like the death star it just like kind of sat in the room just kind of like looked around and like it came with a remote and I'm cheap, but if something has a remote, I'm like, baby, we should buy it. Like, we'll, we'll make payments. What, it's got a remote. We should, we should get it. And so we had this, like, camera in, in Nora's room. And it was so great because we could, like, watch her. And if she needed something, we would go and, and get her something, get her whatever she needed. Or go and, like, you know, she was crying. We would be able to go in there. And so when she got a little bit older, we had Nixon. And so we just moved the Death Star over into Nixon's room. But then they kind of both got too old to, like, really need it. But we just kept it in there because we could spy on them. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? And when we called it the eye in the sky, and they were freaked out by the eye in the sky because they would be in the room and, like, the camera light would come on. And that was me on the remote control, the light coming on. And then it would start, like, going, and it would, like, hone in on them, and that was me on the remote control, too. But then I could talk through the remote control, and it would come through the, the, the camera. And so that was the best feature as a dad. Because I would be, I'd see like Nixon hit Nora and I'd be like, Nixon, I am your father. I saw you hit your sister. So Darth Vader's going to visit you in the middle of the night tonight. And they would get so freaked out. I feel you all judging me right now. I feel it. I feel it. Parents, you have those moments, right? Like, Darth Vader's coming. He's coming. But anyway, like, we love this thing. But honestly, the reason we put that in there and the reason we kept it for a while is because we just wanted it there in case we needed to help them. But they thought that it was just there because the eye in the sky was out to get them. It was going to get them. The eye in the sky was going to get them. And isn't it true that that's how a lot of people look at God? I don't know if you're like me, but when I was growing up, I thought like God was just out to get me, and he was like the eye in the sky, and he was like ready to pounce on me, and then he was going to like take a picture of what I was doing wrong and, t- and like post it in the Cape Gazette and send Darth Vader to get me in the middle of the night. Anybody ever feel like God is just, he's going to get you? Uh, yeah, so you've been there, and so listen, a lot of us have felt that before, and if you haven't, other people have felt it, but can I just like explain to you or show you why I don't think that's true? Is that okay? Okay. Again, parents. Now, this is parents. If you're a parent of any age kid, okay, hands up if you have a kid somewhere, anywhere, you've got a kid. Okay, parents. So, is your goal to just pounce on your kids? Some of you are like, eh, what, what kid? Which kid are we talking here? Um, No, but listen, is your goal in life to just sit on the edge of your seat waiting for your kid to do something wrong so you can yell at them? Is that your goal? No. Listen, parents, we delight in our kids. We hurt when our kids hurt. We we want our kids to make the best choices so that they can have the best life. Like, parents, we love our kids 
fiercely. Have you, have you ever been to a Little League game and seen a Little League mother? <laughs> On the back of the minivan, yeah, her, her bumper sticker says, like, Mama Bear. You know what it should really say? I'm a grizzly bear, and I will throat punch any referee who calls a strike on my kid. Right? Like, every parent at the Little League field is sitting on the edge of the seat, like, cheering for their kids. Because, parents, we love our kids fiercely. Well, let's take it even a step further, okay? How many of you love love your pet fiercely? Come on, be honest. You, You love your dog fiercely? Some of you love your cats fiercely. That's how I know we have a sinful nature, because you love your cats fiercely. Um, (laughs) But if we will love our cats and our kids fiercely, can you imagine how a a perfect heavenly father loves you? And you don't have to imagine. Do you know what John 3, 16 and 17 says? Probably the most famous passage in the entire Bible says this. It says for, which by the way, we're talking about how God is for you. And I love that the most famous passage in the entire Bible starts with the word for. And maybe that's there because you believe that God is against you. And this is just here to remind you that God is actually for you. So for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Listen, I, I don't know about you. But that doesn't sound like God is out to get me. It sounds like God's out to give to me. Do you see that? And in case you didn't catch it in this one, the next verse says this. It starts with the word for again. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He doesn't want to like lightning blast you and pounce on top of you. But to save the world through him, his son, Jesus. Look, I don't know what you believe about God. But if you think that God is just out to get you, that is not the theme in my Bible. That's not the theme in your Bible. The theme that I read is that God is sitting on the edge of heaven and he is cheering for you. And you might say, like, I don't really know if I see that. Why why do you say that? Because God didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Do you know what Paul said? Paul said, if God is for me, who can be against me? Now, that's not like a question like, if God is for me. No, Paul says it as a statement, like, if God is for me, who can be against me? And so if you're struggling to beat an addiction, let me just tell you, God is for you. If you're trying to climb your way out of debt, God is for you. If you're trying to breathe life into your marriage, God is for you. He is cheering for you. He is for you. Paul said it, John said it, and Jesus did it. So why are you tripping through life without any confidence? We should have all the confidence in the world if you're a Jesus follower. We, we should all stand like Nacho Libre. Come on, let me see your Nacho Libre stand. Just, come on, just a little bit. Okay, only Bonnie did it. That's okay. Well, wh- why? Why should you have all the confidence in the world? Because, listen to this. If, if God is for you, and God is for you, and God is for you, then maybe, just maybe, you should start being for you too. Let me say that again. If God is for you, he's for you, he's for you, he's for you, then maybe, just maybe, you should start being for you too. I'm telling you, you can keep your head up because my God is always for me and he's for you. Here's a second reason you can be confident if you're taking notes. is that my God always helps me. My God always helps me. So um, this past week, my wife, she reminded me that a year ago this past week, we, we sold our house. That's, a, that's the first house I've ever sold. 
and it will be the last house I ever sell. Hello. And, and it's not because, uh, here, here's why it is, okay? Even though we got, we are, our house sold in 20 days, we got above asking price. Come on. Praise hands emoji. Woo. But the inspection report, do you know about the inspection report? Okay, a company comes out and just tells you everything that's wrong with your house. And guys, the company that came out and inspected our house, they, our house, 1,500 square feet, they were more thorough than all the Congresses. They were more thorough than the CIA, than the FBI. They gave us a 38-page inspection report. 30, 38 pages. It was like the, the phone book. And this, this may surprise you, but I'm not all that handy. I don't use power tools. I don't crawl in spaces. I don't plumb. Okay, like I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. And so I called Bo Dukes, our worship leader, who owns his own construction company. I was like, Bo, I need some help over here. He's like, I'll be over there to help you. Um, well, thank you, Bo, for that. Which, by the way, all right, don't, don't like hit up my man Bo after the service and be like, oh, brother Bo. I got my own 38-page inspection report, and the Lord has led me to you. Okay, listen. <laughs> he came to my house because we're like best friends, okay? Like, you're going to have to pay my man, all right? But, but I got, like, the, the friend discount. So anyway, Bo came over, and um, when Bo came over, we crawled in spaces. We plumbed things. We did things. I I, I, basically, what I mean is Bo did things, and I just handed him tools, <laughs> After I Google image searched the tool he asked for. <laughs> what is a vice grip? Okay, here, we, here you go, Bo. Like, <laughs> but I didn't have the tools to fix my situation until Bo came over. Before Bo came over, I couldn't fix it. I was like, I don't, I don't have the help I need to like fix this whole situation. And so thank goodness Bo came over and helped fix that whole situation. Because we got that household, baby. But I, have you noticed that in life... A lot of times we think the same thing. Like we think, well, I don't have the tools to fix this situation. I, I don't have the help. I need to do this. Like I, I don't know how to like fix this. Like we put those lines on repeat. But what would happen to your confidence if you put a different line on repeat? Well, what would happen to your confidence if you put what Hebrews says on repeat? Let, let me show you what Hebrews says. It's in uh, chapter 13, starting in verse 5. I love this. I think it's coming. Is it there? There it is. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with what, church? Confidence. confidence. You said that with no confidence at all. Okay, so we say with what? Confidence. confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Well, what would happen this week to your confidence? If every time you're like, well, I don't have the tools to, to fix my marriage. I don't have the tools to fix this situation at work. I don't have the tools to be single and content. I don't have the tools to like, keep my head up. What if every time those words kept on going through your head, you, you changed those words and you said, the Lord is my helper. He will not leave me. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. He will not leave me. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. He will not leave me. I will not be afraid. What would happen to your confidence? It will blow up, right? And so just, just ask yourself this, okay? What area of life are you feeling unsure about right now? What, what area of your life? Yeah, you can count it on your fingers. It's like, oh, there's not one area. There's all these areas. Listen, what area of your life do you look at and think, I don't have the tools to do fill in the blank. I don't have the, the tools to feel 
fill in the blank. Okay? Whatever your answer is that, I think that maybe you're in church today or maybe you're watching online right now because you need to hear this. God is going to help you. He, he doesn't leave us. He is your helper. God is our helper. And so, you know what's interesting is you, you may not see that God is helping you today, but I believe a year from now, two years from now, you're going to look back at 2020 and you're going to be like, oh, I, I see where God was helping me in 2020. Because isn't it true that a lot of times we don't see where God is helping us in the moment, but when we look in the, in the past, when we look back, we see him in HD? Isn't that true? In, in the moment, it's not clear. It's kind of like watching I Love Lucy in, you know, on two TV with rabbit ears. Like, it's not clear. But when you look back, we see what God was doing. We see his presence in 4K. And there's something about presence that gives us confidence. Let, let me give you an example of that. Um, three weeks ago, our church lost one of my favorite people, Sean Carroll. And um, Sean, speaking of keeping your head up, Sean was one of the most amazing, positive people I've ever met in my entire life. And if you don't know Sean by name, Sean um, used to always sit kind of in this back section. And he would always rock his New York Giants gear. He was a big New York Giants fan. And Sean could sing so well that, like, people in this section, like, you all didn't know if, like, you should stand facing Bo or face, like, Sean. Like, Sean could sing so good. And Sean was one of my favorite people ever, and we lost him about three weeks ago. And so um, three Fridays ago, I got a call from his wife, Linda. And she said, Joel, would you preach Sean's funeral on Sunday? And I was like, absolutely. I will be, I will be honored to preach Sean's funeral. But if I can just, like, be, be totally honest, I was also thinking, I don't really feel confident that in two days I can put a, a message together for Sean that, that meets how great this man was. I don't know that in two days, like, I'll have the ability to, like, preach something on Sunday morning and literally, like, walk out of here and the next thing I know be preaching a funeral and do justice for a man that just made such a positive impact on my life. And so I, like, had no, I thought I didn't have the tools to do that. I, I don't have what it takes to do that. And so, like, I knew back-to-back doing that would be difficult. And so that Sunday, three Sundays ago, I preached to you all. And then I literally got in my car, went home, put my suit on, and the next thing I know, I'm standing in front of Watson's funeral home in Millsboro about to preach Sean's funeral. And everything in me is like, Joel, you don't have the tools for this. You, 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 can't, like, you can't say enough about this man to really meet how great of a man he was. So I was, I was struggling with all these insecurities. And then I saw um, in the back of the funeral home, I saw my parents walk in the back door. And I didn't know that my parents were, were coming. And they came and they sat in the, in the back row of the church and, uh, or of the, the funeral home. And I know that they were there to support Linda and her family. But I also know that they were there to support me. And so when I saw them, I didn't even get a chance to talk to them before the service. But my confidence just rose. And I stood up there. And three weeks ago, I preached Sean's funeral. And I preached it with confidence. And let me just tell you, there's something about presence that gives us confidence. And God's presence is the best presence. And the Bible tells us that he will never leave us. And so here's the thing. If you feel unsure right now, if you feel like I felt, you know, when I got that 38-page inspection report, hello, everything kind of falling apart, and I didn't feel like I had the tools to fix the situation, I just want you to know this, that God will never leave you. He is your helper, and so you don't have to be afraid. He will never leave you. He is your helper, and you don't have to be afraid and let me just tell you my God will always help me Jesus said in your weakness 
That's when my power is made strong. And so that's good news. God is always for you. He will always help you. And then the last thing is my God is still working in me. My God is still working in me. So you guys want to hear a pastor confession story? Okay. So no, no, you don't. No, no, it's too much. <laughs> All right. So here's, I tell this story every couple of years, just um, in case you like, you, you don't think your pastor is jacked up. So this is a, a retail story just to remind you that I also have my, my issues. So um, a few years ago, I was coming to church here. I was driving on my way to, to church. Where was I driving to? To church. And uh, I'm in my, my Civic. I'm listening to Hillsong Young and Free. Now, I know I'm, I'm a little too old to listen to Hillsong Young and Free nowadays. My hair is definitely not young and free anymore. It is gone. All right, but I'm, I'm trying to stay hip. I may not know what TikTok is, but I can listen to some Hillsong Young and Free. And so, like, I was in my car. I was having, like, a Jesus worship moment in my car on the way here. It was this summer morning. It was beautiful. I pulled my little um, Civic out on the Route 24. And I, I don't know if you know this, but Civics aren't known for their speed. Like, my car might as well be like two bicycles chained together with a Honda symbol on the front. Like, it's just, it is slow. So it is taking me, like, minutes to get up to, like, 24 miles. Like, it's just taking me forever to get up to speed. And this sprinter van comes right up behind me, and he, like, comes right up on me. And he is not listening to Hillsong Young and Free. He is listening to, like, Rage Against the Machine or something. And the reason I know that, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and this guy's, like, straight up raging in his car that I pulled out in front of him. He's, like, giving me semaphore. Like, he's doing, like, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, like, you're not going to ruin my day. I'm in here singing Amazing Grace. Like, this is good. So I just, like, kept on going. But this kept up for, like, three miles. And so finally I was like, I, that's I'm, I'm going to pull over to the Valero here. I'm going to get myself a Mountain Dew because that makes all things better. And so I pulled on the shoulder. This is a true story. I pulled on the shoulder, and this sprinter van pulled up right beside me, and the guy leaned over his seat. He made eye contact with me, and he made sure I knew that I was number one in his book. <laughs> and that moment is when I lost it. I turned down Hillsong Young and Free, and I turned up Guns N' Roses. I was like, welcome to the jungle! I was so mad, you guys. So I, true story, I looked right at him, locked eyes with him, and I said, pull over. <laughs> Not your Libra pants, pull over. Now, what was I going to do? I don't know. I hadn't gotten that far in my head, all right? Did I mention I was on my way to church to, like, share Jesus? Did I mention this? Thank goodness he did not pull over, right? Because I was going to introduce him to Axel and Rose. I was ready to go. And so, like, I pulled into the Valero. I got my Mountain Dew because, you know, priorities. And by the way, if that was you in the Sprinter van, you need to knock it off. I lost my salvation seven times in seven minutes. It was just it was bad. I got my Mountain Dew. I get in my car, and I'm like, it hit me. I'm like, Joel, what is wrong with you? Like, you are a grown man in a Civic. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a professional Christian. Guys, I'm a professional Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I, like, why can't I figure this out in myself? Does anybody ever get frustrated that you're still struggling with what you're struggling with? Done that, like, what is wrong with us? And then maybe 
you know, for you, you, you ask that question, like, what is, is wrong with, with me? But, but here's the thing. I want to remind everybody who's watching online right now, everybody who's in this room right now, this is important. This is important. When you think, what is wrong with me? I just want to remind you, God's not done with you. He's not, he's not done. Turn to the person next to you. If you're related to him and you live in the same household with him, and say, God's not done with you. Some of you did it. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Joel is way more jacked up than I thought. Just way more. <laughs> but he's not done with you. I, I love this. This is what Paul says in Philippians 1, um, verse 6. He says this. He says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will, will, will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Which means God's not done with you he, he's still working on you and so when you blow it listen he's not done he's gonna finish it he's not gonna quit listen god our god does not believe in cancel culture our god believes in restoration culture and so you can keep your head up because he's not done with you and, and when it says this the day of, of christ jesus do you, do you know what that means that means that god is going to work in you until you're standing right there in front of jesus and so if you're not dead yet, God is not done yet. And so you should be patient with you because our God is patient with you. S still struggle with that addiction you can't seem to beat? God's not done. Still frustrated that you have like those faith-doubting moments? God's not done, okay? Frustrated that your family get-togethers look like the Montel Williams show? <laughs> God is not done. And so you can keep your head up. Why? Because God sees more in you than you see in you. And this is, this is really important. I don't know who needs to hear this, but this all week is kind of right around my head. If you keep thinking the worst about you, your friends and family will never get to experience the best of you. If you keep thinking the worst about you, then your friends and family will never get to experience the best of you. And I'm telling you, you need God confidence because God confidence, it will change your entire life. And I know this because... God's confidence is literally why I'm standing on this stage right now. Can I just like be real honest with you and you not feel sorry for me? Can I just, can I do that? Yes, okay, you said so in church, so, so here it is. I don't have the most confidence in the world, especially when it comes to standing on this stage. And like for, for years, I've been doing this for almost seven years at this point, um, for years, five years, six years maybe, okay, I'd stand on this front row before coming up here to preach, and the whole time in my head I'm thinking, I can't go up there and preach. I don't have anything to say. Like, what, 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 what about what you did with the sprinter van this week, Joel? Like, you can't go. Maybe some of the people saw that in the church that you did to the sprinter. Maybe the sprinter driver is in the church right now. And, like, I would think, like, Joel, you have an MBA. You, you didn't go to school for this. Like, half the people there could, you know, they should stand up and preach. Like, you shouldn't preach. And, like, I struggled with my confidence. And those words would go through my head over here for years. And then I would stand or step off the stage, and I'd go home, and i think, well, that was terrible. That didn't help anybody. No, nobody's going to get, you know, changed by that. And, and, like, let me just be totally honest. Like, I don't have that totally figured out. I still have weeks where I'm like, I don't know where that came from. You know, and so, like, I still struggle with my confidence, but I will tell you that God has done a miracle work in this area of my life. And a lot of it has happened right here on this front row before I come up and preach. Because for years when I've been thinking, I can't go up there, I don't have what it takes, blah, 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 all this stuff. I feel like years ago, God started telling me on this front row, 
I love you, and I am for you, and I'm behind you. And then when I first heard those words, I was like, oh, you know, I know you love me, Jesus. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know, you know, for the Bible. You know, I know, I know that. That's thank, thank you, Jesus. But he kept on telling me, I love you, I'm for you, and I'm behind you. Year after year after year. And finally, those words took that 18-inch journey from my head to my soul. And I'm telling you, I stand up here now not as the most confident person, but I have God confidence on this stage. I believe that what God is speaking through me has the ability to change your life. I believe that these words can echo out into this community. I believe that these words can echo into your life. They can help make you be a better Jesus follower. I believe they can help make our community better. And, and I'm not saying it because of anything I'm doing. I'm saying because God is doing that. I believe he can make a difference through these words. And so I have God confidence. Maybe I don't always have my own self-confidence, but I have some God confidence when I'm standing on this stage. And if you have an area of your life that you have a lack of confidence, I just want to tell you that those words, I love you, I'm for you, and I'm behind you. That, that, that takes that 18-inch journey from your head to your soul. It, it can change everything. And you might say, well, why, why would God love me? Why is he for me? Because you know what the Bible says? God, God says this over and over in the Bible. He tells us, listen, you're forgiven. You're unconditionally loved. You're brand new. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're not forsaken. I could go all day long, but the theme is I love you. I am for you. I'm behind you. So why is God, or why can you keep your head up? Because God sees more in you than you see in you. And so he is always for you. He is still working in you. Is anybody glad about that? And he will always help you. And let that take that 18-inch journey from your head to your soul. And when you do, we can have all the confidence in the world, right? And when you have God confidence, let me just tell you, you can walk out of here like Nacho Libre. You can rock some blue pants, and you can have some spiritual swagger. Somebody say spiritual swagger. I want you to walk out of here with some spiritual swagger today. And here's why. Because if God is for you, and God is for you, and God is for you, and God is for you, I could point at every person in this room. If God is for you, then maybe, just maybe, you should start being for you, too. So keep your head up. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I, I feel like when we hear these words, sometimes, you know, they, they just seem like words, but God, they're not words. God, I pray that these words will take that 18-inch journey from our head into our soul so we'll know that you are for us, you love us, and you are behind us. And there is no better news in history of, in our, in our world, in the history of the world, than that you are for us. And God, I just pray that we'll be for you this week, but we'll also know that we can have confidence because you are for us. You are always there to help us, and you're still working in us. And Jesus, I just pray that that'll move from our head into our heart, and it'll help us keep our head up in a time when we feel like we're on the Gravitron, spinning in circles, we have no idea what's going on. But we can be confident, not in ourselves, but we can be confident in you. Thank you, Jesus, so much for giving us not self-confidence, but your confidence. In your name, amen.